This is week three of a series about hearing God speak to us. Um, and, and there are so many studies out there. In fact, there's um, one Newsweek study that showed that uh, the vast majority of people pray, which I actually was surprised by because I'm not sure like that the vast majority of Christians pray, but apparently I was wrong. The vast majority of, of people pray. In fact, Newsweek had one study that showed, get this, 20% of atheists and agnostics pray weekly. That's, I was like, wow, that's, I, you know, 20% of atheists and agnostics pray weekly, which is remarkable. And then it also showed that almost half of U.S. citizens pray daily, and about two-thirds of people pray at least once a month. Now, as for what Americans are praying for in this study, 74% pray for their own needs and difficulties. And they also found that Americans are really generous, sometimes other-centered with our prayers. We, uh, 82% of us pray for friends and family. Um, 38% pray for people who've experienced natural disasters. Here, throw this up on the screen. There's some of the other things that they found. Um, 41% of people pray for those who mistreat us. 37% pray for our enemies. I was like, wow, I was actually shocked by that. I didn't think that maybe 37% of Christians prayed for our enemies. But look at that, 37% of people that pray. Um, uh, let's see, here's some of the, there's so many fun ones on here, I don't even know what to pick. But you know, your favorite team to win a game, 13% of us Vikings fans are constantly disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I was, I'm a little, I think people were a little deceptive about this, right? 7% uh, admit to find, praying to find a good parking spot. Come on, really? How many of you pray, have ever prayed to find a good parking spot? All right, we're above average here, all right? We're above average. Um, um, I thought the bottom two were interesting, right? Uh, 4% pray for someone else to fail, 5% for someone else to get fired. Interesting prayers, right? Um, the point is, like, okay, so prayer, fairly common. Uh, talking to God, it's pretty common, apparently. We pray, and God listens. Um, but I know from personal experience that I have often, just I'll confess here, I've often treated prayer like a one-way phone call where we each have, like, half the phone. Do you remember any of you remember the old phones that had, like, an earpiece and a mouth? All the kids are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Two different parts, um, and if that's how we see it, then honestly, a lot of times uh, I'm the one that's, you know, praying. I have the mouthpiece. I'm doing all the talking. God has the earpiece. He's just listening. Does anyone else admit that that tends to be your pattern? Some of us are honest about that. The rest of us can, okay. Um, um, <clears throat> but, you know, it is pretty common, I think, for us to pray, um, but oftentimes it's difficult to remember to stop and listen to what God's saying to us. Uh, almost as if, I have to admit sometimes, uh, it's like I imagine that, that God just has the receiver, he just has the earpiece, and he has no mouthpiece. But when we look at scripture, as we've been doing the last couple weeks, we find example after example of what it means to develop this conversational relationship with God. And that's actually supposed to be normal, and that's what we've been looking at, what it's like to stop to listen, to hear what God might be speaking to us. And a question that came up for us is, okay, so if God does speak, and we talked about that for a while the first week, but if God does speak, then how does God speak to us today? Um, 
And now while God can and does speak in many, 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 many ways, there's a few that just seem to be kind of common, um, a few that, that, that we can just focus on if we're trying to pay attention and, and help learn how to hear God. And the three categories that we, primary categories that we landed on were hearing God through the word of God, the spirit of God, and the people of God. And we've been camped out so far in these first two, hearing God through his word, which is shorthand for through the Bible. Um, and by the way, I want to say about that, um, that scripture has to be the foundation of hearing from God. So if what we think we might be hearing from God in some other way that we think maybe God's speaking, if it contradicts scripture, it's just, it's not God. Like we have to go with scripture. We have to go to the word of God every time it overrules every other way that we think we might be hearing every single time, the word of God. Uh, it's the foundation, but it's not the only way God speaks. Uh, secondly, um, God also speaks to us through the spirit of God. And we talked that last week through a little bit. We'll probably get back to it a little bit more next week. But this spirit of God piece is where we hear God speak when we listen for God's voice, which, by the way, speaks from within us most often. And that's because Jesus lives inside of us, so to expect an audible voice if God's speaking to us would be very unusual because most often, not always, but most often, it's a quiet voice that God speaks to from within us. And about these first two, at least here, um, we, we need both. We need the Word of God, and we need the Spirit of God speaking within us. Now, if we're just operating with these two categories so far, um, here's a question. Sometimes we are listening. We're open to hearing from God. We're, we want to hear him speak through scripture. Maybe we're listening to see what God might be speaking through his spirit into our hearts. And we're struggling to hear. It's pretty normal. And this, by the way, is something that takes a long time to cultivate. Um, but, but we could start to wonder, especially if there's something that feels really big on the line. What what, what what about when I don't hear from God? Well, like, what if God seems to be silent or is silent? Then what do we do? What do I do if I've got this really big important deal that I need to hear from God on desperately, but I can't hear what's going on there? And we don't have, like, time for a seminar on this, but I think that, um, because, by the way, there are plenty of reasons that we might not be hearing, um, but sometimes, sometimes, um, the reason that maybe we're not hearing or getting clarity on something is because God wants us to lean into others, to cultivate relationships with other people in the body of Christ. Like sometimes it's because we need each other and God wired us that way and God knows that about us, wants us to have those connections between each other. So sometimes, not always, sometimes I think that God points us in a way that the only way we're going to hear something is through dependence on others in the body of Christ. Like he wants to strengthen that between us, which brings us to, of course, this third category where God speaks to us through the people of God. Now, hearing through the people of God can be so helpful, especially if we're not hearing on our own or through scripture or some other way. 
And uh, I want us to look at 1 Samuel this morning, 1 Samuel chapter 3. And while you're turning there, or it'll be on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you, but uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, I'll give you a little bit of context before we get to the reading. Um, The leader of Israel at the time, and this was before there were kings, so it was before then. And so the leader of the people at that time was a high priest named Eli. And Samuel, at this time, was a little boy. His mother and father had dedicated him to serve in the house of the Lord. So that's the context of where we're going to read this story, starting in verse 1, Samuel chapter 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go down, go lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And let's read this last part together out loud. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord, servant is listening. Speak for your servant is listening, which sounds a lot like a prayer we've been Praying recently, doesn't it? Now, I love this story because among so many other things that we could mine from it, it points out this important role that others people play in our lives as we're learning to hear God speak. Um, I've heard it referred to this as the, the ministry of Eli, where others help me to hear, interpret, discern what maybe God is saying to me. The ministry of Eli. And I think that's just part of why it's so important for us to be connected in a church community, in a church family, not just lost in a crowd or not just, you know, watching online all the time. And uh, instead, there's a reason to be connected with a group of people so that we can build trust with those who are around us, people who know us, who want the best for us. Because, among other reasons... When you need to hear from God, but nothing is clear in Scripture, and maybe you're not sure what you're hearing when you listen for God to give you direction, then you can ask the people of God, the people around you, to listen with you, to listen what God's saying with you. Now, this has been such and continues to be such an important part of my own journey. Um, I mean, I have mentors and counselors and pastors and friends and a spiritual director who all are the people of God um, in my life who give me oftentimes additional insight into what's happening in my life's experience and sometimes 
even you know why it's happening, although the why question is always difficult. Don't usually get the why, but, but these folks around me, the people of God that I trust, help me to identify, to respond to experiences of God speaking um, or even not speaking, um, just like Eli did uh, with Samuel in the biblical story. And this has proven so helpful in my walk with God and in my learning to hear and discern what God is speaking to me. And I had to cut out so many stories with this. Um, but one of the stories, I'm like, I've got to tell this story. I've got to keep this story in here. How God spoke to me or guided me through the people of God. And it has to do with my relationship with Heidi. Now, some of you have heard me tell our story or parts of our story before. Um, but before Heidi and I started dating, uh, we were friends for like two solid years. Two, two years. Um, and she kind of started wondering, you know, after that was getting closer to two years, like what my problem was since, you know, <laughs> clearly there was maybe potential for something more, but I was just being kind of, you know, uh, an idiot. Um, so one day, <clears throat> sweet Heidi, still can't believe she did this, she put me on the spot on the phone, didn't know until later that she had written this down on a piece of paper to read this, um, but she asked me basically, you know, did I think that, you know, maybe there would ever be something more between us? You know, and me being the confident man of God that I was, <clears throat> I froze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally froze. I fudged some ridiculous answer to stall to try to buy more time. I said something like, huh, <clears throat> You know, I never really thought about it that way um, before. So, yeah, I'm an idiot. I'm totally an idiot. Uh, I had thought about it, but not that way. It was my excuse for saying that. When she was mad, she was so mad. She was really mad. Because clearly I was not being completely honest with at least myself. Um, But this raised up some like, holy cow, I got to figure this out. I got to, you know, I can't just keep, you know waiting and slow playing, and while I was trying to figure this out, um, I'll be honest, like, I couldn't hear very clearly at all. Like, it felt like a lot of pressure to figure this out, which, by the way, anytime you have a lot of pressure in any situation where you're trying to hear from God, it makes it very hard to hear clearly, right? Very hard. Um, And so there's this pressure that's understandable, and like I wasn't sure about trusting my own judgment after my previous relationship. I didn't want to foolishly like rush into something that would end up causing hurt or pain to my heart or to Heidi's heart. And so I did what I had already kind of grown accustomed to doing, and I invited some of the men who were close to me to to pray and listen with me. Um, I remember one of them, a trusted friend, mentor, pastor, who's walked alongside me like 25 years. Like he knew all my story and helped me walk through so much up until that point. And he was listening with me, but he also offered some truth to me that I needed to hear. He spelled it out real clearly when he said, hey, Doug, remember this. Heidi is a daughter of the king, and you need to treat her well. Do not string her along if you're not serious about this. I was like, ooh. Okay, 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 I got, I got to really take this seriously. And then he had some other things that were helpful as well. But another older pastor, friend, mentor, he reminded me of what God had been saying to me on my journey. And, and uh, another friend, close friend, pointed at some of the confirmations that I kind of had like overlooked and totally missed about our relationship and things that I'd been praying for and wondering about. Um, 
And then yet another friend, mentor, older pastor, uh, really kind of shocked me at how directly they spoke to um, encouraging me that they've been watching and saying that I was ready, that I could pursue Heidi. <clears throat> so there we go, started dating. And then once we had dated for a while, we both started feeling like getting married was a strong possibility. Um, but even then, we still wanted confirmation from, from the people of God, the people around us, to know that it was really God who was leading us. Like, we knew there was way too much at stake to rush ahead into what we thought maybe God was, you know, leading us to. And so we went to multiple, like, Christian counselors. We went to the counselors who had helped, you know, her before we met and, and had helped me before I'd ever met Heidi, people that knew our past stories. We went to them together. Um, we talked to pastors and friends and family, and some of them gave us like, helpful advice, which was good. But some of them did the more important thing where they genuinely listened to see if God was saying something about our future. Um, I know, like, my family was all for it. Um, my big sister actually proposed to Heidi, you know, for me, like way before we were <laughs> ready. Um, and she was right, yeah, so uh, that was good. And, you know, maybe if I had met Chad and Sam and the boys like sooner, this would have gone way faster to see how many cool relatives Heidi has in the family too. But, you know, you, she held out on me with you guys until, yeah, Christmas Eve or something after we were dating. Anyway, all of this to say is because Heidi and I had gone through some pain, we'd both been through divorce, relationships that didn't work out after that, we didn't want to make another mistake, and I think there was some humility and some wisdom where we were like, okay, we are going to, in a healthy way, ask the people of God, ask the people around us to help us to see, to hear, to listen, to discern, um, because we wanted to be sure. We wanted to be sure about this. Um, we wanted to make sure that we weren't rushing ahead out of sheer passion and l love. Um, I mean, can you blame her? I mean... Look at me, right? And it's kind of, I mean, if you're into, you know, chubby guys with a receding hairline, can you blame Heidi for, yeah, it's supposed to be funny. All right, um, I'm going to keep going. Now, by the time we got engaged and married, it was, it was great because then we were very confident, okay, God is in this, that he had spoken and confirmed it over and over, and actually through the word of God, through the spirit of God within us, and through the people of God, and probably some other ways that I'm forgetting. Um, and here we are. Last Monday was our seventh anniversary. And all of you that know Heidi know that I won the lottery on this one. So thank you, Jesus, for giving her bad taste and distorted eyesight. Yes. So that's just one example for me, and a very important one, how the people of God can help us to hear from God and are so valuable in helping us discern when we think we might be hearing from God or confirm the direction that we're going is, in fact, the direction God's sending us. And by the way, I think this is important to mention, um, there's a difference um, between someone who will pray and listen with you and someone who's just going to dispense good advice. And dispensing wisdom and good advice, it's fine, but just make sure you don't confuse one for the other, right? Um, hearing God speak over a situation is different. Um, there's good advice on one side, uh, and there's hearing God on the other side. We want to hear from God. Um, there's a good idea. We say around here, there's good ideas and God ideas. We want God's ideas. That's our priority. So if someone asks you to... 
um, helps them hear from God on something, just make sure that you know the difference as well, right? Just don't just rush in with good advice. If you're being asked to sit with someone, like, okay, stop. Ask God to speak. Take time to listen. And then if all you have for them is advice, then make it clear that you're offering advice or, you know, godly counsel. That's fine. But just make sure it doesn't get confused with, you know, I heard this from the Lord. Um, in fact, the Apostle Paul uh, in 1 Corinthians 7 actually says in one part that made the Bible, he said, like, hey, this part is me speaking, not necessarily the Lord. I mean, if he can have that humility to say that kind of thing, we can go, oh, yeah, we can have that humility. Ah, maybe this is just good advice, right? Or if we do think, wow, God really did speak this, again, like we talked about last week, it's all about having humility. We don't rush in with a, thus saith the Lord. We, we are humble enough to say, um, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit was how they said it in Acts, but it, it seems like maybe God is saying this, what do you think, right? And bounce it off the other person. Just kind of test it out that way in humility. Um, let's see what time it is. All right, so um, here's one of the ways that listening prayer and hearing from God together has been so, so valuable. Uh, here at Hope, the last number of years, we've taken at least once a year where we gather some of us together. Um, we just did this a few Sundays ago, Sunday nights ago, and we listen for what God's speaking. And part of what's cool is that at some point then we huddle up in different tables, and when we huddle up in these different tables, um, people will, will have a scribe at each table that just kind of writes down what the people at their table are hearing. What's really, where it really gets fun then is where the person starts reading off, well, this is what the folks at my table were hearing on their own, and we start going around doing that, and it's amazing how many times the table over there is hearing something so similar or even the same thing, maybe even got the same kind of picture, which could only be God working in that way. And when we see things like that happen, it gives us such confidence what God is up to in our church family. Um, just two of the big themes that we were hearing like in different ways and in different places really led us uh, uh, coming out of that, and you'll hear more about this at the annual meeting, um, to focus on two things especially. One is for us to grow deeper as a church, deeper in our relationship with God and each other, but not to stick with that, but to allow that to let life flow out from hope and bring love and serving and, and um, to reach out to the neighborhoods and the people and communities around us. And then a few of us even had some pictures that, that seemed like God was saying, and God's going to be inviting us to learn to love people maybe a little different than we've been accustomed to. We don't know what that means, but it gives us a chance to say, Yes, God, yes. And then when we see it happening, to go, all right, this is what you're calling us to, God. And gives us that, just that confidence to move forward in those directions. And again, when we listen in prayer together like that, it's really cool because, um, like for me, I think it's very similar to 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 9. The Apostle Paul says, we know in part... And we prophesy in part, and just stop right there for a second. It's like, oh, wait a second. Like, sometimes we act like we know all of it. We've got the picture right here, especially as pastors have this danger. Um, we've got it all. Or maybe I have this prophecy, and I think I've got the whole thing. But Paul is saying, we know in part, 
And we prophesy in parts, so he's got a part, and you've got a part, and you've got a part, and I've got a part, and we got a part. And when we come together, we get a better picture of the whole of what God is speaking. It's so important, you guys, to listen to God speak and to learn to do it sometimes together. Um, That's on a bigger scale. On a smaller scale, I've got some really close friends who I will call, and they'll call me when we have something big. We just need somebody to be listening Um, for what God might be speaking to us. Maybe a sense of what God's saying about a specific situation. Maybe an employee that one of us is trying to figure out what to do with or a business opportunity or maybe there's a trip or a speaking engagement or something that we're just like, hey, these close, godly, trusted people in your life, um, in my life where I say, hey, um, you know, uh, I'll listen with you and I'll pray with you and just see if God's saying anything. Um, to say back to you, and sometimes I get something. Sometimes I get nothing, and I'm like, sorry, bro, I don't know. Um, But it is amazing when God does sometimes speak or give a a confirmation because then, you know, my friend, he'll go out and confidently or more confidently move forward towards this thing that God maybe wasn't speaking on because God wanted him to lean into me and our other friends, and the same for me. Um, When I came here, these friends that listened with me for what God was speaking um, step by step about the next step. And when I wasn't sure or I thought I knew, but I wanted to bounce it off of one of my close friends, I could ask. They would listen. They would pray. And you guys, it makes such a difference in being able to go ahead instead of just offering advice to hear what maybe God is speaking and move in those directions. Now, one of the things that I think is so beautiful about hearing um, from God through the people of God, whether it's a bigger group or smaller group, um, is that when we do that, it helps to shape a stronger connection and shape a, a sense of real community because it means that I need you. If I'm not doing it all on my own, I need you. And if you're new around here, like, we don't do the phony super pastor, like, the pastors are all up here with all the things we need to know from the Lord, and the rest of you just, you know, better follow along. No, 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 we need each other. We do this together. There's no superior plane that's above each other. We need the people of God. Each of us needs the people of God. Each of us needs real community. See, because if you followed Christ for any length of time at all, here's something that you know. Um, you can't do this thing alone. You can't walk with God on your own. Faith is not a solo pursuit. In fact, the Bible knows nothing of solo Lone Ranger Christians. Passage in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let's read this out loud together. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That's so good, you guys. God created the church to be a place where we encourage one another, to help each other, where we grow in community. And you can't do community by yourself. In 1 Corinthians 12, Apostle Paul writes about how the body of Christ is interdependent. Can't you do it on your own? He says, Verse 21, the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And it goes on and on, right? 
And what he's showing us is that the Christian life depends on other Christians. You can't do it alone. We need each other. When God fashioned the body of Christ, he made us interdependent. And so, again, this is just Doug's opinion here. So that's why I believe that sometimes God might not be speaking to us about something in particular, maybe in a way that we're used to hearing from God, maybe, maybe because he wants us to go to my brothers and sisters, to lean on them, to depend on them, and to ask them to listen to God with me. Maybe that's why I'm not hearing, is God's pressing me into, you know, community, the body of Christ. Now, to do this well in a church family, or in your small group, or even in just your close relationships, I can see at least two things that would need to be in place. Um, to, to be able to hear from God, because you guys, this can be where a lot of church hurt happens, where people get hurt and wounded because this gets mishandled, or people misuse the name of God and try to say God's saying this thing, and it can get really ugly. It can get really harmful and hurtful. So to, to be a community that would risk walking this direction to hearing from God through each other, at least two things I can think of. We would need to be, number one, a place where there is no shame. We'd need to be a place that resists shame, pulls and leans into being a safe place, which I think we've got a pretty good start on here at Hope. Like, you can come as you are. You can be honest about your fears, your doubts, your struggles. Uh, you don't have to agree on everything in order to belong here because um, we don't shame people. We don't shame people. You don't have to fake that your spiritual relationship is so much more elevated than it is and you've got all your stuff together. Um, so we want to be a place with no shame. No shame. That's number one. Then second thing that I think we'd need in order to cultivate this culture where we more regularly hear God speak to us through the people of God is number two, we'd want to be a place where there is abundant humility. Abundant humility. We want to cultivate an environment of humility where we're willing to start trusting each other to help us hear from God. Real practical, that would mean we trust each other enough to ask for prayer. Um, to offer prayer and then actually do it when we offer, hey, I'll pray for you, and then actually do it, yeah. Um, um, specifically even, like, to go get prayer ministry after service, like to have enough humility to do something like that or to ask for prayer in your small group when that time comes up in small group, to just to be okay asking for prayer. I mean, let me come at it this way. Um, how many of you would say that, that you believe in the power of prayer? Just raise your hand if you believe in the power of prayer. Okay, so that's most of us here. Um, but the problem, I think, is that oftentimes we don't lean into it when we're the one that needs prayer. Like the body of Christ, we're supposed to be here for one another um, where we can carry each other when we're struggling and we allow others to carry us and we carry them too. It's a two-way deal. Um, we do what Galatians 6.2 calls bearing one another's burdens, which means you get to bear my burdens, I get to bear your, it's a two-way street. We bear each other's burdens like God designed it that way for us to need each other. That's what the body of Christ is about. No one stands alone. We believe in the power of prayer, but why is it so hard to admit when we have a need? Like if we're on the receiving end, 
Why is it so hard for us to, to ask for prayer or to lean into the body of Christ? Why is that so hard? See, I, I, I just wonder. Um, we've been talking a lot about just humility, not in a demeaning way, but just in a like freeing way. <laughs> we've talked a lot about how humility is this important characteristic for a healthy church family. And in order for us to have some humility... Um, then I might have to be willing to admit to other people in the body of Christ that, that I have a need. That would take humility. I'd have to admit that I have a need. Um, maybe it's a difficult financial situation. I can have a posture of humility where I'm open. That doesn't mean you have to give every single detail, right? I'm open. Um, or I have this posture of pride, which means oh, everything's fine, I'm great, and we suffer on our own. So we can operate in humility or we can have pride. We could ask for prayer uh, in humility. Um, And we've read this verse several times the last few months out of James chapter 4. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the who? To the humble. God gives grace to the humble. And I would love it if we said, you know what, Let's, let's make that one of our values around here. Humility. Humility being a high value, that it's okay to have needs. It's okay to admit that none of us have perfect lives, that it's okay to be human. In fact, if you are human, (laughs) God created you to have needs. And so instead of living in fear of, you know, sometimes we don't want to tell people because we don't want to be that guy, right? Instead of living in fear that you're going to be, you know, that guy all the time, would you be willing to take a risk and admit to some of the people around you or in your small group, admit where you might need someone to stand with you in prayer. Like every one of us can do that. It's like a baby step of humility and trust and being willing to hear what God might speak through each other. Baby step would just be to ask for a prayer from somebody that you trust, from the people around you, um, it's just a really easy baby step. In fact, we're gonna, we, every week we provide a really great opportunity to step into that asking for prayer one by offering prayer ministry at the end of service um, or in your small groups where we encourage you to pray for each other. Um, and so it would take bravery and humility to admit that you have a need, to raise your hand, to let people stand with you and pray for you. And whether it's a big deal kind of thing, yes, go ask for prayer for the really big deals. But also, even if you think, well, that's not such a huge deal, right? Somebody else has a bigger deal. They can get prayer. No, 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 no. Again, to trust that God might be speaking to you through the people of God to have the humility to just ask for prayer. Again, here, small groups, other places. And if you're really brave, ask them if it's a question you're trying to hear an answer on. Ask, ask them to listen with you for what God might be saying, because God might speak. Um, And I just think, you know, making that a value here of seeing, asking for prayer as a sign of of humility. Like, what what if we did, you know, what if we just made it our goal to keep our post-service prayer team really busy after service every week? Wouldn't that be fun just to do that? I mean, hey, you need the prayer and they need the practice, so it's a win-win. It'd be good. Work out. That was supposed to be funny. They lasted at that in first service. You do need, no, okay, I'll stop and back up. 
But friends, learning to hear from God through the people of God, it can be a beautiful and freeing thing. I want to tell you a story and then wrap up with something after that. Um, There's a guy, we'll call him Billy. I think it was about 12, 14 years ago, something like that. And he was a teacher at a school in town here. He felt miserable. He felt stuck. Um, And we did this Psalm 23 exercise like we did here a couple weeks ago where we just read a passage and then waited to hear what God might speak. And he was like, wow, wait a minute. God actually does speak to us. And, And he got curious and he wondered, well, maybe God would speak to me about this thing I'm feeling stuck at, and if God speaks through the people of God, that maybe we could do that together. And so he asked for help, had the humility to do that, and um, so we did. We did. We had a prayer time together, not an advice time, Um, and it was so amazing because God did speak to him, and not about his job that he was stuck in at first. First, God took him back to his heart, And then he knew that he could watch for just images or pictures or scriptures. And one of the things he saw was this um, image of the Grand Canyon. And for him, this seemed like a huge jump um, of what it might be that God was stirring in his heart. But when he connected those dots, and it seemed good to the folks he was praying with um, as well, uh, he decided that he thought he was supposed to move toward that, which was being a ranger in the Grand Canyon, which at some point, at some point would mean leaving and quitting his job as a teacher. So he did. He started taking steps slowly toward that. He kept himself surrounded with the people of God to help him understand or discern the timing. He became a park ranger with the National Forest Service in the Grand Canyon, did that for several years, saw some amazing, spectacular places beyond that. He went on this kind of journey of life that led him out of there into another place and a new career, um, a woman that he married, these two kids that they now have together. And he would tell you now, 15-ish years later, that he is not stuck, he is unstuck. Which was really fun to just be the people of God walking with him and then watching him walk with God out of that. Now, if he had only the category that some Christians operate with that said, God only speaks through the Bible. What then? Like, there was no chapter and verse in the Bible on quitting his job. And, in fact, he was a really good teacher, so it would have been easy to think that he was already in the right place. Wisdom would say, you're in the right place, you're using your gifts, you just need to suck it up. That wisdom would not have been enough for what he needed. And if I would have entered into counselor mode, you know, which is really good, I have a high value for counselors and walking with people that way, but it might have taken like six months to a year to help unravel all of what was going on, but Jesus wanted to speak to him because <laughs> he's so good. And in this story, in this instance, he came, he spoke, he cut through what have, would have taken a lot longer. We listened Together, which gave him more confidence of what God was speaking. And it made all the difference in this young man's life. All the difference. And it just makes me wonder, you know, maybe you are trying to hear God speak to you about something in your life. And I just want to urge you to find people that you trust. People who will speak the truth in love. People who are mature And then invite them to help you hear from God, which could be as simple as saying, um, 
hey, I'm having trouble hearing. <laughs> Could you listen with me? Could be that easy. Um, like find somebody, I mean, obviously they'd have to believe that God still does speak to us, right? Yes, through the Bible and through the Spirit of God as well that lives inside of us. Find a mature Christian like that. And then just ask that simple question. Hey, I'm, I'm having trouble hearing. Could, could you listen with me? And we're out of time, but I could tell you story after story after story of how God speaks and leads people through the people of God, through community. It is beautiful. And I just have had this strong desire for us as a church family to grow as this community that, that, may, that learns to make it kind of normal, that we hear God's voice as we follow Jesus together, that we can trust where God's leading us into God ideas, not just good ideas. And I believe that if we'll follow God's lead, he's gonna bring us into some just beautiful places that we could never have discovered or experienced on our own. See, the people of God speaking, hearing, walking with us to help us discern what we think we're hearing from God or to confirm the direction we are going is such a gift from God because it helps us to lean into each other. And I just want to see us make that a normal thing for us, to be a church family that has the humility that asks others to pray for us, makes it normal for us to listen for God to speak together. And by the way, I think that's supposed to be a normal thing, actually. I think it's supposed to be normal. I think it's part of what God created when he created community, the body of Christ, that we listen to God speak and we listen together. And the beautiful thing about doing that is you don't have a few wacky voices going off here and there leading us astray because we're hearing God together and can be confident of where he's leading us. Um, Brandon and worship team, will you guys come? As they come, there's a quote that I really love. And this is just from hearing God on any level. Um, here's the quote. The only prerequisite for hearing God speak is being open to what might happen if he actually does. <laughs> only prerequisite for hearing God speak is being open to what might happen if he actually does. And it just occurs to me that so if you're skeptical, bring your skepticism to the table. Just tell God that. Even if you're not sure that's a thing, but tell God that you have doubts, but that you're willing to accept his words if he will only speak. And then pay attention. Pay attention. It's like the illustration we used last week. Um, you can't hear the radio if you don't plug it in. So plug it in. Tune in the dial and listen to what God wants to speak. Because it's not just about getting guidance or answers from God. No, God wants a relationship with you. He wants to walk with you, lovingly guide, instruct, and encourage you. And he wants you to talk to him, but he also wants to talk to you as well. So pick up a Bible. Listen to what God's saying through Scripture, through the Word. And get quiet and pray that prayer that we've been praying for the last month. Speak to me, God, I'm listening. And be willing to lean in and hear from the people of God what God might be speaking to you as well. Will you guys stand as we sing this song about looking to God?
and trusting him all of our days.